Hello and welcome to the BG Podcast. My name is AJ Bingham, CEO of Bingham Group. Today's topic covers the launch of Bingham Group's government incentives and economic development practice. And joining me to help to discuss that is our consultant, Larry Holt. Welcome to the show, Larry. Hello. Good afternoon, AJ. Well, Larry, um, I think to start it off, uh, we can get into how we know each other, kind of the lead up to this, but I'd love for you to just kind of talk about your background in economic development and workforce, um, particularly, particularly in Texas. Well, uh, you and I met when I was working for Grapevine. Um, City of Grapevine. In, in Austin. And uh, uh, I was in Cedar Park in, in Williamson County for um, about eight years uh, from t- 2008 to 2016. And so have a pretty broad familiarity uh, with Texas and the programs that are available in Texas for uh, potential clients of Bingham Group. And in addition, you know, I've had some workforce development work as well, and that's mostly been on the West Coast, but uh, I've worked in five states, uh, uh, but the longest uh, has been in Texas. So, and things are always changing in Texas, and I can't wait to kind of get into it about the uh, new and improved Chapter 313. Yeah, um, it's been a lot. I think you know, the impetus for this practice for those who aren't familiar with the firm, I think it's, it's been about a year ago. I think we had we had we had uh, discussed uh, a consulting role for you about a year ago, based on just coming out prior to that. The last spring, we had a client that just had a lot of our work with them had evolved um, from uh, or both it evolved really from government affairs. We'll go more on the lobby side to really digging in and understanding the various economic and workforce development incentives available at the local level. And this is particular to the city of Austin, uh, Travis County in the in the region here, as well as a state. And really, you know, while I think that you know, we dug through it to find that, you know, answer questions need help with, we realize there's a lot of information out there, a lot of different programs, and a lot, you know, a lot of great programs, but just having a focused or having a kind of central place for um identifying those and just accessing it i had you know we we didn't find so one of the things we're working in parallel with developing this practice is to build a community through you know bigger groups platforms the podcast our linkedin pages which will uh post a note to our new sub page for the government incentives and economic development practice in the show notes around that and we want we our aspiration our objective is to be a hub for that information um no not to supplement or not to compete with the news we would love to be, be a partner to supplement what they're doing um but approach this from the service side of we want to help companies who are looking at texas at the austin metro in particular to expand to you know avail themselves of every opportunity that the state and local government have, local governments have um, for economic development and workforce um, incentives, grants, and programs. Well, and that was a, a really interesting project where I advised on, you know, the kind of incentives that were out there for a really complicated project like that. But, you know, I, I think that project highlights the sweet spot for what you're doing, AJ, which is, uh, Companies that, that need help navigating uh, the regulatory landscape of Texas, 
You know, I think everybody in the U.S. knows Texas is a great place to do business, but you know, you can't just walk in and expect people to write you a check. You've got to kind of know uh, what those key programs are, and you've got to have a narrative of uh, what it is your company is going to do uh, to grow the economy in Texas. Mm-hmm. And anyway, we've learned that experience as well, and it's under, understanding the community. What does the community needs and and really even the history. And we're working on some uh, on some tools that will help companies individual and individuals understand, uh, you know, get a sense for the history. I get a sense, get an accurate view of the history of what's been granted and what hasn't um, in different communities. But I think let's start at the top. Let's start. Let's go back to the state house, uh, Larry. And, you know, our, let's say the legislative session ended in May, most recent one. Um, you know, there was, there was a, you know, a big focus on HB five, which was your point, the early, the, the new chapter three, one, three, um, the prior, the predecessor, the former Chapter 313 had been allowed to expire at the end of 2022. So let's talk about HB5 and just what, you know, what what that is and what it means uh, going forward for uh, companies in Texas. Texas, as you know, has is a top 10 state in highest property tax. So Chapter 313 is a tool or was a tool that allowed companies to abate uh, some portion of the taxes they paid to the school district. And those abatements are worth many, many millions of dollars and companies all over Texas had had taken advantage of. So um, as you noted, it expired. So uh, it changed in some significant ways that I think are worth probably digging into. Um, Probably some of the key ones are there's now minimums on what the investment is, right? So the bare minimum is a $20 million capital investment. So again, these, these incentives are really only available to really capital intensive industries, a lot of manufacturing, and we'll co- we can talk about those industries in just a second, but the key thing to know is there's now minimum investment and in jobs, and the very minimum is 20 million uh, capital investment that creates 20 jobs. And so if you do that, and of course, uh, you know, you've got to apply to the school district and the comptroller is going to be monitoring that. There's uh, you know, some some new regulatory clarity around how that works. You're eligible for a 50% abatement on your school district property taxes for up to 10 years. But here's where it gets really interesting is if you're in an opportunity zone, that number goes up to 75%. So opportunity zones were, I believe, a part of the uh, tax Cuts and Jobs Act that Trump passed in was that 2018 the TCGA. Um, that sounds about right. It was it was it was covered either pre-pandemic ish or during pandemic years. Opportunity zones are, are we could talk all afternoon about opportunity zones, but why don't we just kind of quickly summarize and say that um, you know these are meant to be in sort of lower income areas, so. This is a really key thing. If you think you have a large investment that's potentially eligible for Chapter 403 incentives, 
that number goes to 75% in an opportunity zone. Now, there's a couple of other things that, that came into it, but uh, you know, you must offer healthcare for your workers and you must offer an apprenticeship program with a school district. And uh, I think we'll be talking about CNBC a little later, but uh, you know, I think that's kind of an interesting note that uh, there are these items now where companies have to pay healthcare, have to offer apprenticeships. Um, we talked about the reporting, but here's the really interesting thing, AJ, that I think you've probably thought about too, is there's a but-for test in this now. Um, uh, do you want to talk about what but-for means or, or would you like me to? Get to it, please. So um, a but-for test is common language in incentives. I've, I've seen them all over the country. Uh, but the key thing is that this project would not happen but for these incentives, which means, let me, let's put this in plain English. Is this project competitive? Um, is, is this large manufacturing project, you know, is it looking at other states? Does it have a offer from other states? I don't believe the language is that specific, uh, but there is language in there saying that, you know, this has to be a competitive project. That's an interesting new wrinkle, I think. Um, and then finally, um, they've gotten very specific uh, about who's eligible. So it's on some level, it's pretty broad, but um, the, the big uh, industry that's no longer eligible are renewables. And that was, you know, I think there was a lot of media coverage dedicated to that. But power generation, petrochemical manufacturing, semiconductor manufacturing, desalination, natural gas and storage, gas processing, carbon capture. So you can see that uh, the energy industry did well here. Uh, pharmaceutical manufacturing, automotive manufacturing, aerospace manufacturing, and finally the broadest of them all, corporate headquarters. But, uh, you know, corporate headquarters, they're gonna hit the jobs, but, you know, does the standard corporate headquarters drop uh, 25, 30 million on a new facility. Well, I guess if they're building from the ground up, but uh, you know, that's, that opens it up a little bit, but uh, you know, the bulk is related to uh, power and energy, uh, semiconductor, aerospace, automotive, uh, and pharmaceutical and or biotech. So uh, some really interesting updates here on this. And I know that um, I mean, I knew people in, in the Fort Worth area that were lobbying. I knew there were um, leading site selection consultants nationally. There was a, a gentleman from New York that flew down to testify about how important this is. It really does come back to how big the property taxes are. And although uh, Texas, no income tax, uh, the state and the local government in particular obtained the bulk of their revenue from local tax revenue. So these abatements are a really big deal in Texas. Well, I think Larry, that's very informative and going in the future, love, I think we should, uh, we're planning on breaking down the, and discussing the other incentive vehicles out there. Chapter, I mean, I saw, I was reading one day about chapter 312s. I think it bears just for, it bears each of those, each of those, uh, those, um, 
those programs should uh, probably have their own show or some kind of format. So we'll be discussing those more in depth as we build out our, our practice uh, li- our catalog for this uh, for the Well, and, and this is where, you know, having a team with deep local knowledge is so important because, you know, those are the statements, right? Nothing precludes a, a municipality, uh, a county, or even a school district from adding in their own requirements. So mm-hmm. um, we've covered the baseline uh, that's in Chapter 403. And, uh, you know, certainly you mentioned 312, 380 is a bread and butter program in Texas. But your local governments may have additional requirements that uh, you're going to need to understand before you go forward with your project. Mm-hmm. So now to mention as well, HB5 takes effect uh, overall on January 1st of 2024. Currently, or starting on September 1st, September 1st of this year, the Comptroller's Office will be undertaking a rulemaking process, which is, it's a, so the law was passed um, in, you know, in May of this year. The rulemaking process, though, is, we'll be watching that and covering that, is where the rubber meets the road and everything that is in, that was written and the law is made made into actual language that an agency then can then enforce. So, which you know, again, some of that comes down to intent, right, or how how it ultimately lays out how the how the comfortable office will enforce or work with this incentive program will be decided in that rulemaking process. So, more to come with that. We're watching that as that gets underway uh, sometime after December in the fall. And the rule again take or the sorry the HB five the new chapter three one three takes effect beginning of the year January first twenty twenty four. Uh, moving next to we we spoke this earlier, but the state rankings for business. So CNBC yeah. uh, a few weeks ago came out with their new rankings for twenty twenty three of America's top states for business. Um, and and Larry, you want to lead into that? Yeah, you know. There's a million of these kind of goofy rankings, like best states for coffee, uh, you know, best states for hipsters. Uh, but this CNBC ranking, this wouldn't actually, people pay attention to this um, because it's actually, it's really well done. Um, and North Carolina was the top ranked state. Texas has won this before, um, but they are at number six on this year's list. And so uh, was that a drop? Well, uh, maybe a little bit, you know, uh, Texas number two in workforce, number two in economy, uh, competitive numbers in innovation and cost of doing business, infrastructure right in the middle of the pack. But where Texas really struggled was on life, health and inclusion. And so what does that mean? You know, so why is, Texas, the worst place in the U.S. to live. Well, that's where it's worth digging into the rankings a little bit. So uh, there are kind of five key items that that measure the life, health, and inclusion score. Uh, they are crime rates. Okay, uh, in most of Texas, uh, relatively safe communities, uh, Dallas in particular, known as one of the safest large cities in the U.S., Environmental quality, I, I think the state uh, has fairly well-known TCEQ regulations that kind of govern that. Healthcare- TCEQ is those text, text commission on environmental quality. That's right, sorry to speak in uh, 
acronyms there, but uh, Texas has uh, pretty, you know, not not California by any means, but compared to some other southern states, uh, particularly given the concerns around water, some some uh, decent environmental standards. Healthcare is a challenge for Texas. It has one of the largest uninsured populations in the U.S. But then the final and most controversial piece of the CNBC ranking was they judged states on inclusiveness in state laws, such as uh, reproductive rights and protections against discrimination and voting rights. So uh, no, no surprise here, no secret that Texas is a very hard red state and passed a lot of legislation, particularly around uh, reproductive rights, which uh, aligns with what a lot of other Republican states did, but uh, that dropped Texas to 50th. Uh, were, were the CNBC authors kind of wanting to score a political point? Maybe, uh, but do people take these ratings seriously? Yeah, they do. So uh, I think it's a, a very interesting uh, ranking. And uh, what do you hear on the uh, life, health, and inclusion ranking, AJ? Well, I mean, it's... I think, I think uh, there are, it was, it was, you know, it's interesting. I think there are, you know, definitely to your, your points, uh, a lot of laws were passed last session that go in that score, right? Um, we're also a big state. And so a big population center, rather, right behind, right behind California, with, you know, four major metro markets. And so a lot, you know, it was like more money, or is it a more money, more problems kind of thing, right? It, but it is the, the contrast. We look at, I'm looking at the numbers now. Um, those key areas around workforce, like it's just so it's so uh, disproportionate, right? We have disproportionate inverse rather with workforce numbers like that. You know, second, you're right behind North Carolina and workforce, and then right behind Florida and economy. And North Carolina is number three in economy, right? right. So, and then you know, and North Carolina is, I mean, it's it's, it's a red state as well. I mean, that's red as Texas. They're thirty four. They're in the middle of the road on that one. Um, but interesting. And then overall, you know, it's something I've, I've been watching the state rankings for a while. North Carolina has been, it's been up there in the top five, top three of Texas for several, the last several years now. Another site I looked at, another ranking I looked at was the sites or site selection magazine. Okay. And their rankings, because they're, you know, they don't have them up for 23, but for 2022, last year, they are, yeah, they had Virginia, Virginia is number one, Georgia is number two. Texas number three and uh, North Carolina number four, but they also take into account part of their rankings includes the the points from CNBC, right? So it's, I'm I'm really glad you you brought that up because yeah. that's a really uh, if you want to talk about the two studies people take the most seriously, it's the it's the Site Selection magazine and the uh, CNBC. Now mm -hmm. the interesting thing about Site Selection magazine is that it's based on surveys. So they actually survey uh, site selection consultants and corporate real estate executives uh, for their insights on the various favorability of different markets to invest in. And uh, as you stated, you know, that's usually Texas and Virginia and North Carolina and Georgia are, uh, they're all near the top there. So, uh, you know, Texas continues to be competitive. And despite this ranking, you know, there was another ranking 
recently by Bankrate that showed uh, Austin and Central Texas is the best place in America to start your career. So uh, fun with rankings, but in this case, uh, you know, uh, I think the optics matter a little bit. So yeah, uh, and I think you know with life, health, and inclusion, just that it's a we're a diverse country, uh, different orientations, races, and everything else. Wouldn't so it really can come down to is you know just is uh, are those laws or things you feel personally affect you or not right as a part of like workforce some sort of the ones are a little more tar- you're more focused right that's a you're capturing a broad bucket we say life and health inclusion in that right are you a man are you you know, are you are you biological man biological woman just every and everything from there a lot more variables go into that one um but definitely room for improvement I mean I guess we can only go up from there for Texas, at least according to CNBC. But I, I do I do like the site selection one a little bit more because they incorporate that score with other variables as well. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, no, the site selection magazine is... is yeah. that, then, there's always a lot of interesting info because, uh, you know, here's the thing, and this, this is going to tie it all together, is, you know, they'll survey these companies and... Um, uh, you know, these consultants and say, what's the most important thing to you? And it's, it's finding people, you know, um, and it's finding a favorable state regulatory environment. So while we noted a couple of things where there's probably work to do in, in Texas, or maybe not depending on your political mm-hmm. perspective, uh, you know, it's a state that continues to invest in growing the economy. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's, I guess, time, will, this decade will bear it out, right? And how conservative we can go. But ultimately, the market will, the market, the people will decide. And if it gets to a point where if there's a threshold moment where it's overly, it's overly onerous, they may see, you know, the population will show it, right? But right now, you know, our major, the major growth of our population is coming from California and the East Coast, New York, states that have a higher tax profile. You know, and and even you know, in terms of corporate corporate relocations, Texas is leading overall. The Dallas Metroplex, where you used to only work in Grapevine and Central Texas, are booming. In spite of you know some pol- policy uh, policy matters, and so, but ultimately, right, the market will bear it out. And the market being, you know, are people wanting to work here? Are people or companies wanting then to operate here based on that? But you know, you can look at it, again. That's a it really depends on what on where you fall on political spectrum, but you know ESG policies, uh, environmental, social. I forgot what the G stands for, but just those environmental was environmental, social, and governmental governmental policies. Right, that was a big. I mean, in the business world that was a big thing this last last several years. Right, like what is you know what's your ESG policy before it was before that it was corporate social responsibility. Um, Texas. The these Texas government has shown or has has put out a desire to not you know deal with companies who have the issue, issue policies more or less. So um, and that's the top companies are coming here. So I think well, open, I, I market. think you Go ahead. I think you made a great point that, that people are voting with their feet and you know there's uh, Texas has the most Fortune five hundreds of any U.S. state. Where's the money talks right? And ultimately, I mean it's it's a it's a you're not, it's not an advocating one side or the other kind of thing or any of these sides. It's just, you know, the, it's where are the dollar, you know, kind of money talks. So the dollars coming here and staying here and growing or not. So 
more to come on that as we uh, build out this this show. Um, and then lastly, just uh, in the in future future episodes, we'll be uh, laying out just developments or news about different economic development and workforce projects going on in Central Texas, as well as starting uh, probably a weekly or depending on a bi-weekly newsletter on that. So more information to come up through that in um, our LinkedIn and our show notes. But with that, uh, again, I want to welcome Larry to the team. He is a consultant with Bing Group's newly launched government incentives and economic development practice. Larry, look forward to working with you. Look forward to working with you as well, AJ. Thanks for taking time to chat today.